Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the Starlight by the Georgia man obsessed with Elvis. Ready to rock for Team Blake with an available peanut butter and banana sandwich. We welcome Petey Chavis. How you doing, sir? Absolutely great, brother. Petey, let's go Beyond the Mic. What was the first Elvis album you remember? I think um, the, well, the actual time I was first exposed to him, I was four years old and or four or five. And it, it was the Elvis 1968 comeback special. And the first song I ever heard was Heartbreak Hotel. And, uh, of course, that was the one I did for my blind audition. So it was kind of a full circle. Who was the person that nurtured your love of music growing up? I think my mother did. Um, she kind of showed me some some classics at a very early age where I was very fortunate to um, obtain that knowledge. And then as I grew up by myself, I think that I just kind of went deeper and deeper in that rabbit hole and found more and more great stuff that inspired me and made me just want to do this, you know, all my life. How has Blake prepared you and helped you for your future? I, you know, I, I just think his connection is absolutely insane because he, 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 he really understands his music. I, I think that, you know, he used to, it's funny cause he said on the show, he, he used to uh, paint a house for a lady named, uh, Mayborn Axton, who wrote Heartbreak Hotel, and her son wrote Joy to the World, and that's a crazy connection by itself, you know. Um, but I think I think Blake has really told me to just really be myself and 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 to really kind of hone into that persona that I have on stage, because you know he said to me, you know, it's a gift, man. You not everybody can do that, and and you really gotta kind of hone in on it because because people love that, and 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 I think that. I, I, you know, I never really realized that being on stage and, and, and having that confidence is, is really something. And I, and I, and I think that really focusing on it and the music is what he's kind of, uh, portrayed in me to really, to really do plenty of great standards to support. Who are your favorite of artists other than Elvis? I love the 1970s so much. I, in, in, in all types of music, I think that if you go back in that time period, you can turn it to any genre. You know, you can go to rock and roll, you can go to disco, to country, to folk music, to soul music, anything, and you're going to love it. You know, everything from Jim Croce to Marvin Gaye to John Denver to Gordon Lightfoot to, um, you know, the Temptations to the Bee Gees and everything. You know, it's just all brilliant. I, I, I love I love that decade because. Everybody, it was the first time everybody was writing their own music. And it was right before the 80s where, you know, all these electronic kind of sounds came in. And you just got 10 years of this raw sound that everybody was just at the top of their game. And, I, and you know, and, and that stuff inspires me the most. You know, I love Elvis and stuff. and, I, and But I, I, listen to, I listen to that stuff more. And it's because it just, it just inspires me to write music and, and to be a musician because all of the musicians, I mean, everything from Johnny Cash and Buck Owens to Stevie Wonder and Otis Redding was just absolutely amazing. I mean, they were all at the top of their game. And and that's what that's what inspires me truly. Your passion for music is obvious. Thank you. It's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Would you ever jump out of a plane in an Elvis costume? If I had a parachute. What's the one thing you won't eat no matter what? Black olives. Why? Never. Ever? <laughs> Never, ever. I've tried them once, 
and I will never go back. Is it a, like a texture <laughs> thing? It's a texture and a taste thing, I think. <laughs> What's the kindest thing you've done for a stranger? Um, I would say, actually, one time I was at the airport, and I was in the Virgin Islands, and this man dropped his passport and his, his whole wallet, and he just kept walking, and, and, and there was all these people there. And they just looked down at the wallet and just kept doing what they were doing. I was like, are y'all crazy? And I was probably about 20 feet away. I ran over there and, and chased the man down. And I, that's probably, honestly, the nicest thing I've ever done to someone random. I don't think I've ever told anybody that. Could you win a spelling bee? Never. I, that is not my strong suit, to say the least. What's your strong suit? <laughs> I would say singing and, 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 and being on stage and... And, and giving a song to an audience is probably my strong suit. Spelling out words is definitely uh, probably on the other end of uh, end of that. <laughs> Since you love Elvis so much, what's your favorite Elvis conspiracy theory? Um, I think I don't like the one that he's still alive, but I I, I like the um, th- just you know his mysterious thing. I, I like I like the conspiracy theory of. Uh, how many drugs he did. Cause I don't think he did that much, but people, uh, people exaggerate it. How tall are you? <laughs> I'm six foot even. If you were given a thousand dollars to spend on a friend, what would you buy them? Oh, wow. That's a good question. Um, I think, I think I would take them on a trip. Who do you confide all your secrets to? Um, God, it's time for the back half with Petey Chavis from NBC's the voice beyond the bike. Petey, no matter what happens on the voice, What's your one dream you will continue to strive for? Uh, to just have a platform where I can reach a lot of people with music and to touch them and to make them feel better throughout their day as so many artists have affected me and helped me get through the day with music. Now, as you started on the show, the group chat was out of bounds. Tell me about the friendships you've developed during this experience. Oh, it's been absolutely amazing. I, I've, I've made friendships out on this show that, I would have never have made ever. And, and these are friendships that are going to last a lifetime. And I, and I couldn't be more blessed and thankful. Who would you like to duet with in the future? I would probably say, uh, girl named Tom, or, uh, I would love to duet with Paris Winningham. Petey, why was doing this so important? I think it was going to give me a platform that I couldn't reach at this time. And, 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 and to give me uh, national exposure and at a very early age where I need it so so desperately. And I, and, I, and I think I'm so thankful for that. What are you going to take away from this experience? I think the biggest thing I'm going to take away from this experience is, is just, you know, no, being humble because of all this amazing talents around me. It's time for one big question with Petey Javis from the season 21 of NBC's The Voice Beyond the Mic. How hard is it? for you to compete against the friends you've made because it's a competition yet at the hotel, you're doing things together. You're having this shared experience. How hard is it? I mean, the connections go farther than the show. And I, and, 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 I, and we're all so incredibly blessed to be a part of it. But at the same time, you know, we're not trying to take each other out. We're not trying to go for each other's throats. It, it kind of just happens. And, but, but, you know, the connections that we are making, I, I, these are people I still talk to, you know, every, every day, you know, I, I still talk to, to all these people every day, it, the people that are on the show and people that are off the show. I, I still 
talk to them every day. And, um, uh, it's, 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 it's just a connection that is, is absolutely great to have. And, and it's, it's humbling in a sense because those people are so talented and you kind of start asking yourself, wait, why am I here? Because, and then you're just kind of like, and then it puts a confidence in you because you're like, wow, I'm with these people and that's pretty insane. And, and I think that's, that, that's what I mean. They, it's really, truly humbling to be around them. And, and it's, it's a, it's a connection that um, that that is is so wonderful to have, and 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 it will last a lifetime. He won't eat black olives because of the texture. Would be a member of the flying Elvises if you gave him a parachute <laughs> and didn't think Elvis did that many drugs. <laughs> we thank Petey Chavis from season twenty one of NBC's The Voice for taking the time to talk with us today. Oh, thank you so much, sir. You have a wonderful day. If you're enjoying these conversations with stars from NBC's The Voice, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe. But now we're joined on the star line by another of the stars from season 21 of NBC's The Voice. The Tennessee native went from studio work to the road. We welcome Wendy Moten. Good morning. Wendy, let's go Beyond the Mic. 30 years have passed from your first single. It was a top 100 single. How much would it mean for that next one? Well, uh, it's amazing that I've been in the business this long, 35 years, and to have this opportunity, like being on The Voice and having this kind of exposure, it's already like winning already. And I'm just thankful that I have this opportunity to continue to stay in the music game. So we have to find new ways to stay, you know, in the game. And this is one that I came up with. And thank God they accepted me. They didn't have to, but they did. Where did you find your love of music? I found my love of music by watching television. I remember I used to love memorizing theme songs, uh, television theme songs, you know, Mannix and, you know, uh, Alfred Hitchcock and uh, shows like that, Twilight Zone. They had amazing themes and they had, you know, that was my first ear training, I would have to say, because they were pretty involved. But uh, they all caught my attention, and my love of music came from watching TV. Blake was an interesting coach selection. How has he helped you? Um, I would have to say making that selection to sing, uh, to, to be in a battle with Manny Keith. That was something. And then the song he chose was a Sting song called um, If Ever I Lose My Faith in You. I, you know, was a soprano, and I never thought I'd be singing any Sting song. So that was a bit of a challenge. But, you know, I had to, you know, find a place. To, to, you know, create my own and, and find myself in that song. So, you know, I, that was a tricky one. That was a tricky one I had to work out. Did Blake find something that you might have missed in your 30 years of experience? Well, no, it, I don't think of it as like that. You know, first of all, he's an amazing singer himself and artist. And just the, the fact that he's listening and, you know, helps a great deal because then that helps you trust yourself a lot better, too. And, and if you feel like you both are on the same page, then, you know, that's you're reaping benefits. And so um, I just think his, I, when he makes musical terms and when he's like, when we were in the battle with Manny, he, for the first time, that's when I found out that Blake really knows what he's talking about. What he offered us as a team made sense about sharing the end. And, you know, it's like tossing the ball when you're singing a duet. I tossed the ball to Manny, Manny tossed the ball back to me, and then we have this, you know, big end in the end. And 
you know, the way he described it, we worked on that. And I believe that we really good benefits from that. Now, while some of the contestants have been overwhelmed by meeting the mentors and coaches, you were even keel. Speaking of mentors, you spent 15 years touring with Julio Iglesias. How did your time and mentorship prepare you for The Voice? Well, uh, Julio Iglesias is a living legend. And I spent, like you said, over 15 years touring with him. I was learning. I felt like I was getting paid to learn. Uh, because uh, he's very passionate to this day. He's still touring and very passionate about um, his, you know, being able to perform and communicate with the audience. And that's the biggest thing with him is that telling the story. And I learned how to do that, you know, watching him. And, you know, Julio, like I said, living legend, they have high demands, high demands, and they have high expectations. And that just taught me how to dig in deeper when it gets tough. But, you know, find my own voice in it and do my ultimate best every time. So I don't know how not to go. I don't know how not to just do my best and and, uh, go as far as I can go. How has your family and friends helped you on this comeback? I had a very supportive family. My parents, uh, they're not here with us anymore, but they stayed married 63 years. I have five other siblings and they supported all of our dreams. And um, in my family, we've always just been there for each other. And a lot of times, you know, as my career progressed, I I would come home and not even talk about my career. I, I just wanted to just be around them and just love on them. And just, I would like, I was the person behind the scenes when I would go home. I, I, it was being with them and seeing how they interact with each other was a greater value than me talking about what I just did or where I've been or what music I'm working on. So it's the family time had more value. I can say the voice family is one with group chats, hallway shenanigans and young potential who haven't seen what you've seen in this business. How have you helped and been helped by these amazing other contestants? Well, that's what I, I, you know, because of my history, because of everything and everywhere I've been musically, you know, um, a lot of them, a few of them have said, we we thought that you would be something else. I'm like, no, no, every day is a challenge. We're in this together and, you know, we're choosing to do this. And so am I. So I'm here to learn as well as offer any advice I can. And some have come to me with asking about some musical things. And I feel it's my duty to share because people spent time with me and help mold who I am. So I keep myself open and I wanted to make sure that they could come to me at any time, asking any questions that could help them because I've got like, 25 years on most of them. And and so it's like, if I got some knowledge that can help them, I want to share with them because why just hold it for myself? I wouldn't do that. So I've always been an open sharing person. And I hope that from this experience that they too will encourage others along their way in their journey. Wendy, it's time for the Rocky Nate. Eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Have you ever gotten lost in a maze? Yes. What's your favorite venue you ever have sang at? The in front of the pyramids in Egypt. What risk would you take if you knew you couldn't fail? Woo! Getting on the voice. Really? Hey, it was a huge risk for me at being in the business for over 30 years. 
this was a big risk and it could have gone either kind of either way, but I, I knew that I needed to try. What's your most treasured possession? Wow. My treasured, I would say my family. Who was the last person to make you smile? David Santos, my fiance, been in my life 25 years. Do you like to watch shows as they come out or you binge them all at once? Binge them all at once. <laughs> it's PJs and spending 12 <laughs> hours watching a series. Yes. What was the last present you gave someone? Oh, last present I gave someone. Oh, my word. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. Man, that's hard. Because you, you start thinking, is it like psychological? Is it something physical? Man. That's the last present, the last gift. Okay, iPad for a uh, great niece. A great niece. What comforts you on a bad day? Uh, being in bed, been watching one of my favorite shows. Wendy, what's your favorite moment from this opportunity? My favorite moment would be uh, after I performed my blinds and having the judges respond the way they did, you know, being in the business 35 years, I wasn't sure I still had it. And that gave me the confirmation that I needed to, that I still got a little bit more running to do. It's time for one big question with Wendy Moten from season 21 of NBC's The Voice. Wendy, no matter what happens, what's the one thing that made you smile? <sighs> Ooh-wee! That's... I had these four co coaches who are the biggest icons in their genres who think or at least had me believe that I still got it. I still got it. And she still got it. <laughs> well, she's gotten lost in a maze. Ben just shows all at once and once sang in front of the pyramids. We thank from season 21 of NBC's The Voice, Wendy Moten for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you so much. And that, my friends, is a Beyond the Mic Shortcut. <laughs>